This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour. David and I are having an off-air conversation. Uh, but uh, Dave, it's great to be here today. Thanks for host, letting me host the show. Uh, Rocky's not with us. I feel terrible. I feel like my left arm is missing. Uh, I'm right-handed, by the way. But I feel like uh, my left arm is missing. Rocky today, uh, David, is in Chicago. He noted last night that it was a little chillier in Chicago than Atlanta. I think it was something like four degrees or something. <laughs> you think all that, all that time he spent in Afghanistan, he'd be used to the cold weather. But uh, I think he was better prepared back then. But he is uh, conducting an oral argument today before the, 11th, uh, the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals on a case that we were handling. Uh, and I think he's very excited. And I know Rocky will do an excellent job in that oral argument. Uh, but let's pray for him since this is his first one, Dave. That's, and that sounds judicious and appropriate, isn't it? Um, Dave, anything in the news this week? Immigration's kind of laid low. They had that budget deal. This is really interesting, this budget deal. Paul Ryan has really come back again, hasn't he, to the, to the forefront and got some heat for it, hasn't he? I only bring it up because it impacts immigration. <laughs> you know, uh, he sold us out, in my opinion. Uh, when you start, I was just reading an article on it. Uh, when you start, you know how I feel about the military. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the money is coming out of the military again. Yeah. And uh, we can't afford it. But isn't, isn't it less money coming out of the military than if he had done nothing? Because a sequester would have crushed the military budget. That's well, where most of the social already, is coming from. We've already – it's already uh, been in effect. No, 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 no. There's another There's another sequester cut coming in January, Yeah. Uh, well. another level. And I think that's what Ryan was really trying to avoid. That's why it will pass the Senate because despite the fact that nobody likes it, the alternative for the military budget is nightmarish. Well, um, it's so, already nightmarish. No, I agree. And, but – uh, you know, there are a lot of places that we could cut the budget other than the Yeah, military. but nobody will talk about Medicare and Medicaid, will they? No. I mean, and will, and, because and there are other, discretionary there are spending other... is such a small part of the budget. It's only 12%. It's a meaningless amount. The meat of the budget is Medicare and Medicaid, and we will not touch it. The Republicans are afraid to talk about it, really, and the Democrats are afraid to talk about it, yet everybody knows – that's where the problem is. Well, you know, it's a free ride. Everything's free in this government. Everything's yeah, free in life. Free and ride, David. Not for you and me. We're paying our taxes, right? <laughs> yeah, we are. Because we're afraid. Uh, Why do we pay other, our taxes, David? It's Why that other uh, 52% that aren't paying their taxes. Is it up to 52? I thought it was still about the 47. I, I didn't think it was a majority yet. I think it's getting. But, you know, I think that, that number is kind of, it's kind of a fakey number, too, though. Everybody in America pays taxes. Well, I think what we're talking about is income taxes. Income I think we, taxes. I think we, and I think we should be very specific about that because when this general feeling is nobody, people don't pay taxes. Well, they do pay taxes, and I, I think we have to be specific. They might That's not why pay it income taxes. Should only taxes. be a consumer tax, and I agree. I absolutely across agree. The across the board, consumer tax. You use it, you pay a tax on it. Yep. It's. I think it'd be far easier for the government to enforce. You get rid of the. The vast majority of the IRS. On your $2 million yacht, you'd have had to pay a little tax on and it. Probably, yeah, yeah. Where, where is that docked, by the way? I've been looking for it. I, I, <laughs> we borrowed it. <laughs> you borrowed it. Uh, we borrowed it's it. The, it's now the America's Web Radio yeah. yacht. Yeah. We, um, listen, that sign that we painted on it, that looks pretty good. Yeah, no, it's, I think it says, no taxes is the new name yeah. of the boat, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think we have to make that distinction because people who don't make any money don't pay any taxes, don't pay income taxes. That's, that's just common sense. 
obviously would like more people to earn money. And the, even the way we've set the budget up under Bush, as far as the tax levels are concerned, if you make below a certain amount of money, David, you don't basically don't pay income taxes. But you do pay taxes. Everybody pays taxes on food. Well, not in Georgia, I guess. Uh, well, you don't. If you're on EBT, you don't pay taxes, do you? Oh, I think you do. EBT is the uh, is the food stamps, right? All right. I think something like thirty percent of Walmart employees are, are on food stamps. Well, I mean, Shocking. Be, but I mean, there's a lot of people I mean, that work. I, what I'm saying is, when you hand them your EBT card, you don't pay a tax. Oh, I, well, on, in on Georgia, I don't think you, you pay tax on food in supermarkets in Georgia. Other I, states do. I'm not do. talking about Georgia. I'm, I'm talking about if you're on food stamps uh-huh. or the EBT card, uh-huh. and you hand them your card to buy food. Are they to buy food? Yeah. Are they pay? Do they pay taxes in other states, or do they? Oh, I think other don't... states do tax it. Yeah, I think it's whatever the state law is. But here in Georgia, I'm pretty sure now, David. I I'm pretty sure there's no tax on food in Georgia other than prepared food, like it. You know, Chick Fil A or something like that. That's well, you're paying but, for the service. Uh, Food, but there are other things when you go to your local grocery store, mm-hmm. you will be taxed on. On things that aren't food, yeah. but your ability to buy that under the, with the EBT card is severely restricted. That's actually the huge benefit of the card over the – remember the, the actual stamps back in the day and the massive amount of fraud with the stamps, people buying and selling stamps? Fraud? That's much harder with the card because the card not only tracks – it's your card, so you're tracking who you're using. It's tracking what you're buying. I'm not saying there's not fraud because I'm sure there is, um, but it's much harder. So electronically, this is something the NSA has really helped us with. I'm sorry, Dave. I could have the NSA in there. But, yeah, the bigger problem, of course, and I bring this up on the budget, this budget deal, because it affects immigration. It, will it make immigration easier? Will it make immigration harder? Come now, 2014. And, you know, I've spent the whole year, David, believing we were going to get immigration reform in 2013. You and I had long conversations about this. And I think at a certain point, yeah, when you always believe me. I I, uh, I thought we had a pretty good size bet, something along the size There's of the stake, lottery. Didn't? I think there was I think, I think there was a stake involved there somewhere. And, and I believe you owe me that. I, I think I, it's a stake. I think I, we should go to the diner today and get ourselves some <laughs> lamb shanks. Uh, I don't know if you're a diner fan up here, but uh, I'll put a plug in for the Sandy Springs Diner. The best lamb shanks I ever had, David. Yeah, Greek yeah. lamb shanks are fantastic. Yeah. Um, but getting back to the budget, uh, Ryan, of course, has taken a lot of heat for this, right? Uh, for quote selling out the conservative cause. But what is the what is the alternative? I mean, the alternative was a sequester. The alternative was no budget at all. The continued inability of the GOP to pass other legislation because the budget was coming up every two months. The GOP kept getting crushed, crushed, David. In the polls on this, I don't know if you saw my Facebook update with the polls numbers that came out, where neither was the preferred choice of virtually every category under the question, which party do you believe does the better job of on this topic? And neither was the majority on most of the topics. Uh, uh, It's kind of the none of the above thing back in the 80s. But we've got a situation where they had to do something. So I'm going to give Ryan credit. I'm not going to call him a sell. I think I give him credit. It's only for two years. It's the same budget that's been that basically we've been using for the last six years. Because if I recall correctly, we actually haven't passed a budget while Obama's been president. Even the Democrats didn't do it, right? Amazing, isn't that? Yeah, but this is a budget. This is the budget, and um, I, I think it's you got to have one. I, I think it'll be better for the economy. Uh, evidence. Yeah, was by there the, any? Was there that word in there? Anything about a word called balanced? David, if you would bring Bill Clinton back as president and put Newt Gingrich in the speaker's chest sheet, I think we'd have a balanced budget. 
Unfortunately, Barack Obama is not Bill Clinton, and John Boehner is not Newt Gingrich. <laughs> uh, John Boehner, I think, is Obama's cousin. Uh, well, Obama has a lot of cousins, by the way. In case and you're uncles. Curious. And uncles. And uncles. That was, I mean, we we'll talk about his uncle, which is just great, but I just thought that was a fantastic case. Um, but another thing he lied about, by if, the way. If, if he lied could, about that. You if know. you could have represented, a, I think, his uh, Obama's uncle, Omar, I believe is his name. I think it was his name. Omar Obama. I think he goes by Obama. Oh, Obama. Pardon me. But anyway, if you could have represented him, maybe you could have gotten him uh, deported. No, no. I wouldn't have gotten him deported because, frankly, David, you can't lose the case that he won. (laughs) It was impossible to lose. Um, We'll get into that in another show. Is that part of that affluenza stuff that's going around? No, no, it's not. That was just terrible, wasn't it, in Texas? That was just terrible. I think in Texas, that's the last place I would have thought of seeing that in Texas. The, 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 the most justice-oriented state in the country with zero mercy in the system. Well, it's unfortunate, and you see it more than – obviously, you see it. I don't see it, but know about it. And that's our, our court system is as bad as our administration. Some of it's uh, bad. Some of it's yeah. good, but some of it's There's, bad. If you, if you, many things seem to be decided under the table today. Well, that one wasn't on the table. I got plenty of press. I just think it was a really bad decision. But go back to the budget here for a second. How does this help immigration – in 2014, because unfortunately, I believe the House has left. If I'm, they've gone, right? I mean, are they done for the year of the House? Or are they still, are they still in session this through this week? I know, I know they're not here next week. Uh, and been uh, there all year. So <laughs> that's true. Neither party in either, either House has been here all year. Uh, so we've got a situation where will the ability to not have to talk about the budget until, until when, David? When, when does it come up again? October 2016. Hmm. A month before the election. So, again, another bad choice of timing. But let's say they don't talk about it. They, have, they can do other things. So they've got a farm bill that needs to get done. Um, and immigration. So immigration is now back in the top three. Uh, so I think we've got a real chance now that the budget – because we were, we were very concerned about, David, and not getting to the immigration issue in January, February, or March uh, or April was that the budget was going to loom over this. So taking that off the table – Actually helps us get to the get to the, these other issues. And David's saying no, he doesn't think it gets that. But I'd like to get your input. Why do you think it doesn't get us to an immigration debate? I personally think, and and I know that you and I disagree on this, but uh, it is going to be so bad. Not January first, like some people are saying with Obamacare. Mm-hmm. Nothing's but, happening January first, is it? Is there, me? There's no deadline on January first for Obamacare, is there? Oh, there yeah. is. What, yeah. There is the. Um, Either you got it or you ain't got it as far as insurance is concerned. Either you have insurance for 2014 or you don't. I thought that was March. No, no. I thought no, that was a March no. date. It's okay. uh, January 1st. However, it won't really start hitting the fan until about uh, a little bit before mid-January. Okay. And why I think it will affect Congress is that I think they'll be running around – like chickens with their heads cut off, trying to figure out what to do next, uh, you know, how to hold somebody responsible, how not to hold somebody responsible. Uh, from, I mean, this is massive, and it doesn't... The, the, it the doesn't Kathleen Sebelius there, there job never, is stunning to me. There has never been anything in our history, I don't believe, and this is including your immigration, anything else you want to put out on the table, that affects everybody. Affects. I think Social Security I had everybody. a lot of these issues back in 1936 when it when it came into effect. There's a lot. I was reading an article recently about 
thinking, well, this, you well, know, when's the last time we that had a mass? That one I don't remember. Well, well no, you were a little, you might have been a little young then, like unborn. Uh, and I think Medicare and Medicaid in the 60s probably had a lot of this going on. But the Social Security nothing, debate nothing like is probably the most most similar to this. And, of course, nobody nobody that's well enough to remember what went on in 1936 is still around to tell us how that went. I mean, there might be a couple people. So you look to the historians and you, you see that was not a very popular program among the masses. Well, at the time. it was and, another lie, too. Yeah, well, and we, and we still have it. And Obamacare, is, I mean, as you know, is not going away. While there's a Democrat in the White House, you understand that, right? So I, I think the GOP is finally realizing, okay, if we can't get rid of it, it's not going to be repealed, David. But you can fix it and make it such that it cannot do damage. The, the, here's, and I blame the GOP to some extent. They could have been doing stuff all along to pass stuff out of the House and bring enormous pressure on Democrats in the Senate to do fixes. If they had come up with fix after fix, hey, for the mandatory uh, insurance purchase, we're going to pass a bill that says, no, you don't have to, we're going to postpone that for a year, or we're going to say, here's what that means. Here's what, here's the type uh, of insurance. But, they could have done that in the but House. It would have been a didn't. bill. It would have been a bill, right? Yeah, it would have. And, and have gone to no, the, but the president think, to sign, no, and he would have vetoed no, it. No, I don't think he would have vetoed it. Because if, if the GOP had done – instead of – see, the GOP takes a derision because all they did was repeal it, 42 votes to repeal it. That was never going to pass the Senate, never, but it was never Senate. But if they passed 42 different bills to tweak this law and to tweak that provision, to tweak that, the pressure becomes – why aren't you fixing this? If this is broken. It's a much different conversation to have, particularly when the Democrats, all they say is, oh, we're happy to fix the bill. But all you do is try to repeal it. Um, and so I think in the, at the end of the day, the GOP will do this a much, much bigger favor this year as they begin passing stuff like that, which is why I do think, despite the downside that will come from mandatory provisions in Obamacare that kick in in January, February, March, uh, that we will still have immigration debate. Uh, let's take a break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. Whether cruising the strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on americaswebradio.com. Soy Charles Cook, del Buffet de Abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración, llámenos hoy. Conocemos la ley. Sabemos cómo ayudarle. Si hay algo que se puede hacer, nosotros lo podemos hacer. Llámenos a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos por el internet a la www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. This is the Immigration Hour. Hope you listen to the other shows here on, on America's Web Radio. Dave, you've got some good shows uh, weekly on here. 
But how many shows do you have? Like 60 shows? I mean, it's an enormous no, amount of shows. No, we have, uh, well, we, we uh, replay, obviously, but we're doing 38 shows. 38 different shows. Yeah. So that's, that's original programming all week long. I mean, that's great stuff. Most of it, yeah. Yeah, that's great stuff. So, of course, the best show is, of course, the Immigration Hour. The number one immigration show. show on the radio today. Thank yeah. you very much uh, on, on America's Web Radio. But, Dave, we were talking about this bill, the, 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 the budget bill helping immigration. Uh, the, the, the number one guy, the fo- all the focus now in the House on immigration is on one guy. Actually, it's on two guys, but really one guy. Uh, and I'm going to throw Paul Ryan into that mix, but he's not the one guy. He's probably number two guy. It doesn't, why is Paul Ryan on immigration? Isn't he the budget dude? Ryan sees immigration as a fix to many of the budget woes he has to deal with. Just does. Better economics on better immigration policy. Uh, more participating members in society, more participating taxpayers. Uh, for him, it's, it's, it's a money. It's a dollar money issue. The, the other guy, the number one guy, is Congressman Goodlatte. Do you know who Congressman Goodlatte is? You ever heard of him? Mm-hmm. Congressman Goodlatte, they always, they always start a former immigration lawyer. Now, I'm pretty sure Congressman Goodlatte hasn't been an immigration lawyer in about 20 years. <laughs> so that well, means that means he hasn't even practiced immigration law as we currently know it because it's changed since 1993 dramatically. So as we currently know, the, at least the enforcement side of immigration, he has never practiced. He doesn't know. Now, there is another recent congressman who did practice in an immigration. Do you know who that is? You see him on TV all the time. Yeah, I should. I yeah, Raul Labrador. Rule is a friend of mine, a good man. He's from Idaho. You see him on TV all the time. He's, he's one of the, the tea, tea, tea Party firebrands. Um, good guy, Rule. I don't agree with him, some of the things he says, but he's a good guy. Uh, member, of, member of the tribe. Member of the tribe. Uh, not the Jewish tribe, the other tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Idaho. Uh, one, of his wife, one of his wife's best friends is a good friend of mine here in Atlanta. And I, I saw Rule up in D.C. a couple weeks ago. He's really, really good guy. Good on immigration. If they would get to the point, but he just doesn't believe in quote you know amnesty. In fact, Ryan came out on yesterday and said, "We've got to have immigration reform. We've got to have an economic-based immigration system. We've got to have a system that reunites families properly. But we will not have an amnesty." Uh, Dave, one of the Facebook posts I put up the other day was about amnesty, and you and I have talked about this many times. Uh, I do not believe that word means what you think it means. <laughs> to quote the Princess Bride, um, so nobody wants amnesty. What we want is a fix to an, to an intolerable immigration system. Uh, All right, let me ask. Uh, you were just up in at, I DC. think one of your meetings yeah. uh, of your association. Yes. Um, don't take this personally. I do not. Uh, but I look at your association sort of like uh, the Republicans. As I look at the Republicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were to say, David, you've been in advertising and, and radio for. 400 years, what would you do? I tell you, if you want to get this thing passed, and it ain't, I think you're on a treadmill, personally, or on a stationary bicycle, Stationary maybe. bike, maybe, maybe, maybe but, a better reference. Uh, pardon? Maybe a better reference to stationary bike. Uh, if you were to ask me what I would do to get this thing passed and really get it going, I would, not the best PR firm, I'd hire a good PR firm that's tenacious. Mm-hmm. And then I would start presenting my case on Facebook, on Twitter, on NBC, on ABC, on Fox. And Real media. Else. Real media so, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Part, I agree. The truth. Yeah. yeah the the truth. truth. Not not a congressman or not some other 
person coming out and saying it's going to crumble. Yeah, I would start getting it out every way I can. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I have a pretty conservative, as you know, conservative mm-hmm. Facebook following, mm-hmm. five thousand or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, and there, there's a, mis- a lot of misunderstanding oh, yeah. there. Yeah. And and yet I don't know where I could go on any of the social media and get, quote, unquote, really the immigration truth other that, than that, your Facebook that, page. That talks about it in the way that conservatives understand. Or anybody or anybody understands. understands. I mean, it's funny. You know, we get opposition on immigration from both very conservative people who I think misunderstand the issue and very liberal people. Uh, so it's you know it's it's weird. There's, there's not a lot of areas people can agree on that are liberal conservative, but that's that's one of them. Uh, but yeah, you're yeah, right. But, it, but it's because of it, it, it's because of lack of correct of information. information. And this is sure on a lot of different issues. Sure, I mean, but sure. but immigration primarily because immigration is a visceral issue. Uh, you know, as humans, we're always afraid of the new. It's very few of us as human beings that love new things. I want to try something new well, that I don't know. I don't yeah. know the expectation for. New things, and I, th- I think that should be new things slash change. Yeah, change. You know, and we, we don't like that. We, we're afraid of it. We, we, we push back against it. That's just a natural human, human response. And immigration is, by definition, a change. Uh, and so when you talk about, talking about it in a positive aspect with, with, with the facts, I mean, here's, here's what happens. Not everything about immigration is good. I mean, there there are downsides to immigration uh, that can be ameliorated if the positive sides to immigration are properly focused upon and understood. But people always focus on the on the bad because they're opposed to change. They don't like things that happen to them. They're not familiar with and comfortable with. So they immediately uh, put the entire bad coat of paint on the system with something. We say we could use. Could we use this? And that's where I think Paul Ryan is effective because he sees with his x-ray vision through that coat of paint to what it could be a system that could dramatically in the benefit because as we've said many times on the show uh we love immigrants in america from the past we love immigrants we laud the immigrants from the past we honor them we build statues to them we say oh my goodness thank goodness for my grandparents and my great-grandparents that came to america and they they were the most wonderful people on the planet uh, when in reality, they were probably outcasts from their own country uh, who couldn't get a job. And yet they come here uh, with the desire to do something better in their lives. Exactly the same thing that's happening today. Uh, except that they just don't look like us. And when they don't look like us, they don't speak our language. Uh, again, that human emotion of change says, oh, no, well, this can't possibly be good. Um, but let's look at the positive. I think, I think your point is well taken. A, a really well-organized campaign. Uh, using a good public relations firm that could properly frame the issue in small, easy to understand sound bites, not like this show, which is like a 60 minute long sound bite, um, goes a long way towards fixing this issue. Despite the fact that the polls routinely suggest that 67% of Americans want immigration reform, but nobody understands what that word means. Just like nobody understands what the word amnesty means. Uh, and that's, that's the public relations battle that we've lost. We've lost the battle for the word amnesty. Uh, and it's become an evil, terrible, horrible thing to forgive people. I don't know when that happened, but clearly in the last five or six years, we've lost that battle. So what we have to do is approach it from a different angle and say, let's look at the economics of it. Let's look at the social policy part of this. Things that are harder to understand than a visceral reaction to the word amnesty. So, you know, it's, we've got our work cut out for us. But I think uh, Chairman Goodlatte, uh, who's chairing the House 
immigration uh, judiciary committee immigration subcommittee who does have at least a you know a, a base level understanding of the law uh, has come out and said the Senate bill is dead. We will never conference on a Senate bill. We won't do anything with the Senate bill. It's our bill, the highway. And frankly, that's going to be okay in the Senate. I believe we'll be okay on that issue in the Senate. Uh, and uh, because a lot of senators believe there's a lot of bad stuff, the useless stuff in that Senate bill as well. But the basic framework that's there, border security, internal security, E-Verify, future flow of immigration and dealing with the undocumented – that's going to be in the same in both bills. Going to be in both. That's what you have. That's the that's the five keys. It's just how you're going to phrase it, how you're going to do it, how you're going to move it in, how you're going to uh, uh, trigger different events. That's the difference. But that's negotiable, and, that, and that's actually why the budget deal was so helpful too uh, through this process, because it showed that there are people who will negotiate in good faith on both sides of the aisle, uh, both in the House and in the Senate, both in the GOP and the Democrats. And they can get the votes behind them if the right people negotiate to move this forward. So I, David, I'm an optimist. You know I'm an optimist. That's how I, and I it's always, the glass is always half full, uh, not half empty. So we look at it and we go, I think we're going to have reform this year. I, I'm, I'm confident we're going to have reform this year. It's a question now of timing. Uh, and uh, the uh, idea. I, I, another thing that, that I'll throw out at you, mm-hmm. why I don't think it will come about this mm-hmm. year. Maybe after after November, maybe, but not before in a lame duck session. See, I think there's because yeah, because there. I think there's only two time frames. I think you're right, but there's only two time frames that could happen. One, they're not going to do this. I don't think not going to immigration before the end of the qualifying period for primaries against sitting congressmen. Okay, they do. That's the GOP doing that. That's Boehner's idea. We don't want to attract additional challengers to our members who might normally vote for reform but are afraid of a challenge from their right. Uh, Democrats, that's not really that an issue for them. So that means I think the, the end of the qualifying period is the end of March. So we're looking at an April or May, June time frame. But after June, David, it's dead. You can't do anything after June. That's controversial because you have the election four months later. So then it leaves us with the lame duck session now, as we've told before. Virtually all of the good immigration legislation has passed during a lame duck session. So including the legalization program of the 1986 uh, and, and many recent good things that have passed. So bottom line is I do believe this could be the year. I, it's a, If we don't do it now, David, it's not happening until 2019, second term of, of the next president. Whoever that may be, whether it's your candidate Hillary Clinton or or my candidate <laughs> yeah. Chris Christie, yeah. uh, as we move forward, um, uh, I'd love John Huntsman to run again, but I don't think he's going to do that. I think I think he, I think he, I don't think he liked the taste in his mouth after the last one. Uh, but uh, you know, overall, it's uh, I think there's a path forward here on immigration reform. I just pray. I mean, the problem, David, is now I see in in the face of the people that I work with and that come to see me. Uh, a real desperation, a real a desire. It's going to get worse. It, and I think you're right. I tell them, look, you know, you have to understand. Uh, and this is true, David, not just for undocumented people. Because the bigger problem long term are is the employment and family-based legal immigration system is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Uh, a, a company came to me yesterday and said, we've got this guy we need to hire uh, to grow our to grow our firm 
He's got these amazing credentials. He's from New Zealand. He's got these amazing credentials. He's exactly our fit. Sorry. Can't hire him until next October. We need him now. Have him work remotely. That's it. There's no answer. That's stupid. To make your American company more competitive, there's one guy in the world that fits perfect for you. You bring him here. By the way, you pay him a salary that's six figures. Uh, He's going to pay taxes. He's not going to suck off the government teat. Uh, he's going to create jobs within the company, and we say, no, sorry, you can't. You have to wait until October. That's just, I mean, that's crazy stuff. There's no reason we should be doing that. But, you know, gee, Charles, I, I've never heard anything about that on mainstream media. No, you don't. You know, you don't. Every now and then, the Forbes will have an article, but you don't ever hear about that side. Let's take a break here on the, America's, Amer- on, on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. David, I want to have you talk with me about President Obama's uncle. What was his name again? Omar. 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 Uh, he was, uh, what was he, uh, rubbing a... Rubbing a candle thing or something, Omar, the carpet maker or something? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, you know, it's interesting. Uh, he's been in this country forever since, I don't know, whether it was 70 or 69. Well, 40 uh, years, I think they said. Yeah, so it would be in back the 60s. to 60s, all right? Yeah. Uh, no, you know, 70s, early 70s. Well, we have had a law on the books since 1952. And that law says, in 1952 it said, if you have been... In physically in the United States since 1945, since before 1945, and you are a person of good moral character, you can apply for a green card. It's a seven-year waiting period. It was people who were undocumented. It was, it was basically it was, it was an amnesty. Basically, in uh, 1967, that law was updated. Instead, 1945, it became. 1963 or something like that. And then 1986, as part of the legalization program, the law was changed again. And it said, if you enter the country before January 1, 1972, you are a person of good moral character, you can apply for a green card. It's called registry, is, is the name of it, registry. Good moral character is that... that- I assume and what does that mean? DUI. No, 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 no. It does not mean DUI. Let's talk about that because, oddly enough, Congress has defined good moral character. 
Now, the odd thing about the registry, and it's called registry, uh, the odd thing about registry is every other statute uh, in immigration that requires good moral character has a time frame attached to it. Citizenship, five years. Uh, naturalization, uh, adjustment of status, a certain period of time that you're applying. Registry does not speak in terms of time. Uh, it just says a person of good moral character. So the courts have implied a reasonable standard. Uh, we call this the reasonable man standard. What is a reasonable period of good moral character? Doesn't mean you have to, now you have to understand, David, we have so many laws that if you break them, you will be deported. So criminal laws. So we call it crimes involving moral turpitude. A moral turpitude is a crime that, uh, by definition, is depraved. Uh, it shocks the conscience. And things that are crimes involving moral turpitude include theft, burglary, assault, murder, rape, child molestation. A DUI is not a crime involving moral turpitude. It's not. Unless? It's not. What if it involves a uh, death? Well, that's not a crime. That, then that's not a DUI then. That, that's a vehicular homicide charge. Okay. Or, so that just the DUI by itself has never been defined. One has never been defined as a uh, crime involving moral turpitude. The reason is because it is a uh, – um, it really is a traffic-related offense and does not require evil intent. Uh, you, can, you can not believe that you are drunk, too drunk to drive and still driving a ticket for DUI, but you had no intention to drive drunk. Uh, you can take a pill at your house that you don't realize causes you to be sleepy, drive, that would be, driving, that would be a DUI, driving under the influence if you get caught. So it, because the law does not require an intent, an evil intent, a bad intent of some kind, it cannot qualify as a crime involving moral turpitude because there's no, moral, there's no lapse of morality involved in it. It's a bad thing, but it doesn't mean it's a lapse of morality because it can be a technical offense. Uh, so uh, Omar, uh, we should have him on the show, don't you think? No. He's going to – No. So he came in the country sometime in the late 60s. He came in before January 1, 1972. Now, here's the odd thing. He had, like, 40 years of tax returns. He had his bank statement. He had, he had like, proof he was here. This is the hard part of these cases because I've done a dozen of these cases in my career. They're, very, they're rare, and they still happen. We had one last year. They still happen. Uh, but what, what the problem usually is I don't have documents to prove I was here. Omar had buckets of documents, buckets and buckets and buckets of documents. Uh, and uh, so his, he apparently had had a deportation order in the past because he hadn't gotten notice of his hearing, which, David, I would tell you, happens all the time. Uh, and I don't know why he was in removal. It might have been because of the DUI. He might have come to the attention of ICE because I think it was in 2004. It's like 10 years ago. Uh, and um, he, uh, at that time, probably would have been picked up, put into proceedings. If he never got the notice, because they sent it to the wrong address, which happens all the time, then his lawyer reopened his case, said, Judge, he, obviously he would have shown up because he's eligible for registry. And his only crime was a DUI. 
Now, I'm not going to downplay the DUI. DUIs are bad, but they're not a crime of moral turpitude. So it was a slam dunk. Grant. You don't have to show hardship or anything. It's, a, it's you meet the statutory time frame. You don't have a crime of moral turpitude. You are granted. It's there's no really no real discretion on the part of the judge. It's not like oh, I don't really like you. You've avoided the law for forty years. No, it's I have to grant this. So really, I mean, kudos to Margaret Wong for taking the case and, and fighting it. But this is not a fight. This was a slam dunk grant. This is a slam dunk grant. What did he get out of it? What's that? What did he get out of it? Okay, green card, permanent residence. He's a permanent resident of the United States. In five years, he can apply for citizenship. Um, Now, the weird part about this case is that the president, I haven't seen him since I was a child. And it turns out that he lived with him. He lived with him when he was in college in New York. Uh, So, you know, uh, again, uh, what's good for Omar was not necessarily good for Barack. Uh, because Omar's testimony was, no, he lived with me. Uh, by the way, here's pictures of us together. Uh, here's the proof he was there. Uh, yeah, you know, and then so Jake Carney had to fall on the sword because <laughs> it was Carney. It was never Obama that said it. Did you did you listen to what Carney said? It was hilarious. Said? It was hilarious. You know, Carney used to be a serious journalist. You know that, right? And Obama picked him. I forget what was the post. He was a good journalist. He was a young journalist, but he picked him. Um, he, he seemed so uncomfortable up there. Carney seems so uncomfortable up there as 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 the spokesperson for the president. His his thing was well, how do you, I mean, you know, we just assumed he hadn't met them. We didn't. No, yeah, nobody we didn't asked him. Paperwork. Nobody yeah. asked him if he had, and when we did, he said, "Yeah, I live with him." <laughs> yeah, he's your president, and he appreciated your vote, Charles. Uh, you know, I did make a mistake once, David, but I didn't make it a second time. Fool me once, shame on me. No, it's a shame, shame on, on you. 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 Fool me twice, shame on me. Didn't fool me the second time. I voted for Gary Johnson, who I met recently. I think I told you about mm-hmm. my meeting with Gary Johnson, uh, libertarian for president. Um, but uh, generally speaking, um, um, I'm looking forward to 2016, <laughs> generally speaking. Generally speaking. Uh, so that's the story of Omar. That's Omar's tale. Uh, the, the idea of registry. So you know, actually, this, this idea of registry is a very interesting concept. Been in our law for 60 years, since 1952. You know, let me ask, but this is another example of misinformation. Oh, yeah. And uh, stoking of a fire that shouldn't it, necessarily be It's no fire here. It's, it's an easy... Yeah, uh, but uh, did you ever hear it explained on... Like I just explained yeah. it? No. No. Do you think you I saw will? one article about it in the Wall Street Journal that was accurate because Miriam Jordan understands immigration law. Uh, but other than that, no, I, I didn't see it anywhere. Uh, it, and see, this, you know, I look at it like, you know, obviously I have my prejudices, mm-hmm. as do everyone. Mm-hmm. But uh, I look at the explanation as being a healing agent as opposed to why stoke a fire exactly. when there's no, like you said, no smoke there. There's no smoke there. This, uh-huh. was, a, this was a no-brainer case. Uh if he'd had a decent lawyer 15 years ago, he'd have been a registry applicant and had a green card be a citizen already. So why is it everybody's for, for stoking the fire instead of telling the truth? Because the fire sells newspapers and brings in advertising revenue, David. That's why. No, it, well, at this point, my feeling is it, it generates separation that we don't need. Exactly. Same. I think it does cause the divisiveness. But divisiveness, again, sells newspapers. 
which is the same scenario as the immigration. Like issue. like 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 the proverbial war on Christmas. Yeah. The proverbial what? Who's fighting that war? Uh, these are the same. I, I, was, I, know, I was watching Sarah Palin yesterday for some reason, and I thought myself, "Oh my God, really? She's still around?" Um, but overall, that's that's the Omar's tale. We should write a book called Omar's Tale. <laughs> now, this is not like the case of Obama's aunt. That was different. You know about his aunt's case for a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. She applied for asylum and was granted asylum. That was a much different situation. Uh, Should she have been? I don't think so. Uh, Ken, you know, I have filed an asylum case from Kenya, all right? And I have won an asylum case from Kenya. But her case was based on the fact is if I go back there, people will know I'm his aunt and they will come after me. That's her case. You know, I, I if I was a judge, I wouldn't have granted the case. Now, maybe there's – I don't know all the facts of that case. Like I know the facts of Omar's case. But her case – and I, I, and, and I think there was no um, no interference in the White House on that case. I think, I think it was an immigration judge said, oh, Obama's aunt. I'm not going to deny this case. I'm not going to bring wrath of God down on me. I don't think Obama would have interfered at all. I don't think he really cares about his relatives uh, in Kenya or the ones here. Uh, <laughs> uh, if he did, he certainly would do more for Kenya. And uh, uh, I will tell you that Bush, pretty, Bush did more for Kenya than Obama's done for Kenya. Uh, excellent. Yeah. In, in person, yes. But financially? No, financially, Bush did more than Obama did. In fact, that's a complaint. I've talked to some Kenyan gestures. complaint about Obama is, look, he's forgotten us. Hmm. And again, information that's out there, it's just, it's just fascinating. So we've got uh, Omar's case taken care of. Uh, it's, um, you know, as we, as we look forward to 2014, David, uh, I was trying to think we should have uh, next week. Now, Brocky will be here next week. I'm going to be out delivering stuff uh, to church members uh, in, our, in our congregation. Uh, but uh, uh, what should be, as we look to our show on the 28th, 28th, 29th? What's today? Whatever it is. Uh, in two weeks from today. Yeah. Uh, 20, 30th. It's the 30th. No. Yeah, the 30th. It's the 30th. Yeah, the day before. Yeah. Yeah, it's the 30th. Uh, no, it's the 31st. Cause New Year's New Day is. Yeah, it's, it's New, New Year's, Year's Eve. Year's yeah. Eve. So New Year's Eve. I want to show that day. We should you think about wear that funny little hat that you wore last year. I, I don't know. I should try that. <laughs> I should bring my Santa Claus hat, too. Uh, is. Um, our news what is, what are our immigration resolutions for uh, for 2014 what will be our, our new year's resolutions for immigration for 2014 uh, peace on earth and goodwill towards men uh, was top of the list I'm also going to have David a, a show uh, featuring one of my colleagues uh, Angela Paparelli who gives out the annual Emmys the IMMIs the Emmys <laughs> which are awards in the immigration field uh, and uh, not not unlike the 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 uh, the opposite of the Emmys, uh, and Angelo Paparelli, we're gonna have him on the show. We had him before. Yeah, he's a in great New York. Voice. He? He's in New York. Well, he's in New York and L.A. He's in both. So uh, uh, hopefully he'll be in New York when we call. Otherwise, he'll have to get up very early in the morning to do his Emmys presentation uh, live on our show. But we're looking forward to that. But uh, there's just so much potential out there, Dave. And this is what really I guess frustrates me more than anything else. I was dealing with a client last night. And he had a very interesting case. Uh, he came into the country in, 
basically he's from, he's from New Zealand, came into the country as kind of a uh, just – you know, his walkabout, so to speak. Uh, and uh, he uh, was, uh, I'm not going to call him a wild child, but, you know, he made uh, some youthful errors in the United States. Never arrested for anything, just youthful errors. And uh, we'll talk more about him in a second because I think it really points out uh, perhaps why we really need to fix the system for us, not just for immigrants. Uh, let's take a break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. Hi, this is Kate Copsey, inviting you to listen year-round to America's Homegrown Veggie Show every Saturday at 10 a.m. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámalos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Today we were talking about this situation uh, with a client of mine who had a youthful episode here in the U.S. Never didn't get arrested for anything, but he he may have smoked some marijuana. I know. Uh, to his defense, he was in Colorado. Well, I started to say you can go there. He was in Colorado. Smoke so, all you want now. So it was in his defense. Our, in and Washington so the problem, State. the immigration problem came up because uh, he subsequently fell in love with a beautiful uh, American woman. Uh, he's a handsome New Zealand guy, you know, rugged. Probably raises sheep on the side for all I know. Uh, but a delightful American woman. And they uh, they wanted to get married. So uh, they got they went over, they got married. They went over to the uh, to the consulate. An episode came up from 2007 here in Atlanta. This is when I got involved. Apparently in 2007, he'd been in the U.S. for a little little while, and he left. Uh, And then he went to uh, Columbia. And when he was coming back in, he had a very interesting uh, CBP officer who said, out of the blue, so you were here before, yes, yes, what were you doing? Oh, I was just partying, going seeing some friends and having a good time and you know, I'm coming back through uh, for for a couple of months, and I'm going back to New Zealand. So, uh, what kind of party did you do? Oh, you know, just partying in college, you know, just with friends. And so, did you smoke marijuana? Yeah, because to him it was like, yeah, yeah, I smoke marijuana. Wasn't hiding anything because I mean, apparently you can do that in New Zealand and not, and not be ashamed of it. And oh, so where did you smoke marijuana? Oh, in Colorado. Did you know it's illegal to smoke marijuana in Colorado? No, I thought it was legal. <laughs> So what were you doing in Colombia? Did you smoke marijuana in Colombia? Yeah. Do you know it's illegal to smoke marijuana in Colombia? And his answer was great. It seemed legal to me. They were passing the joint around the hostel. <laughs> it was great. It was a great joint. So they wrote this down. And, David, this is what they did. They, they kicked him out of the – they wouldn't let him in the U.S. They sent him back to, to Colombia where he went to New Zealand. Uh, and they barred him from coming back to the U.S. for five years. No, more than five years has now passed. So he goes to the embassy, and then he says, no, I'm sorry. We can't give you a green card. 
through your U.S. citizen wife. Why not? Well, you admitted to smoking marijuana twice. And uh, that's a bar to admitting that you did not being arrested for it, not being convicted of it, admitting that you that you knowingly broke the laws twice. We can't let you in because of that interview you had at Customs and Border Protection and Customs and Border Protection excluded you not because you'd be working in the U.S., not because you lied to them, because you admitted smoking marijuana. Now, you say, what the heck? Really? Just admitting it? That excludes, like, everybody in Canada from coming to America. But this is when they hired me. Probably the judges on the bench, too. Yeah, probably. At least some of them. Uh, Many of them are nominated by Obama, I believe. Uh, David, I have never smoked marijuana. I've never even smoked anything. It's the whole Mormon thing. We've got that thing going on. Um, <laughs> but uh, so they hired me, and I said, you know, it seems to me that perhaps you were not treated correctly at the border, the border being the Atlanta airport. So we pull his file out, and we look at it. We see this interview that he had that I just described to you almost verbatim. Well, then we go look at the law. Well, the law says in order to exclude somebody for admitting to committing a crime, the rule says they must admit the essential elements of the crime. All right. All he admitted to doing was smoking marijuana. Um, But the law requires the officer to, before asking whether he did it, to explain the specific crime to him. This officer doesn't know what the law is in Colorado. And he certainly did not know what the law was in Colombia, um, where it is now legal to smoke marijuana. So we went to the, cust- uh, the head of the Customs and Border Protection Office, a wonderful man, Steve Kramer, really, really good man. I said, Steve, I, I think your officer may have made a mistake here. I think there may be a mistake here. Here's what I think happened. And I went through it and I explained it to him. Put it, and he says, well, put that in writing to me and, and I'll see what I can do. So I wrote to him and uh, I called him a couple weeks later and he said, yep. Uh, we did make an error there, and we will correct it uh, to allow him to come into the United States as a, as a permanent resident spouse of a U.S. citizen. Now, that was about a month, almost a month ago. Uh, it's a little slow. The, what is it? The wheels of justice grind slowly, but they, but they grind ever so fine. Um, there's been a little mix-up in getting his physical file. Hopefully they have it now. Then they have to fix the physical file. Then they have to fix the database. Then they have to email the consulate in Auckland. And all the while, the, the, this wonderful couple is like, I've got to be back together with my husband. I'm going crazy without him. I just, and I feel so bad for them. And uh, last night I got this great email from this, from this young man, really a, a really good young man. He said, I understand the, the problem and the delay. What I don't understand is how you deal with this every single day. Uh, how do you keep – how do you focus on the positive when you deal with this every day? When in, in one sweep of the hand, they can exclude you for the rest of your life incorrectly and then not rush to fix it, rush to fix it uh, and, and, and say we're really sorry we did this. How can you deal with that every day? I said, well, you know, I, I wrote him back and I said, you know, David, I focus – his name's not David. I'm telling you, David. Uh, I focus on the positive. We won this case. We just won it slowly. <laughs> you know, I, I thought one of my thoughts as you were talking about getting the immigration bill passed mm-hmm. and all this, I hope it's just one of my terrible Facebook misunderstandings that I'm sure you'd correct me on. I might have, yeah. Uh, or you will. Or You're what? one of the ones that comes and, up. You know, you don't see all your Facebook friends. You know that, right? 
You only see some of the Facebook yeah, I friends. I, I don't I know the algorithm, but I see you all the time. So, uh, But anyway, um, it's my understanding, and I hope I'm incorrect, but that uh, your organization and the people that want to push uh, immigration through have hired, without a bid, the same people that designed Obamacare and uh, their website. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> I hope that is not the case, David. I hope that is not the case. Um, you know, it's just hilarious to me. First of all, going off immigration topic, why does Kathleen Sebelius still have a job? I hate to shout, but why does she still have a job? It's not what you know. It's who you know. Bush would have fired her. Anybody in their right mind. Yeah. In fact, how many uh, – here you've got a uh, DOJ, the attorney general that's been impeached – he hasn't been impeached. He's been impeached. No, he hasn't been impeached. The, the charges – The charges were Congress? brought. There was no vote on the impeachment. I, in, Con- in the House there was, yes. The House didn't and vote to impeach him. They voted is, to bring a bill of impeachment. But to my knowledge, the bill has not yet been up for a vote. They have sanctioned him. Now, that they did. Remember, you're confusing the sanction. Uh, they held him in contempt. They held him in contempt. contempt. Yeah, because but I don't think they impeached him. Yeah, I don't think they impeached him. Um, I think but there have been a bill of impeachment against him, uh, but um, I, I'm pretty sure he hasn't uh, – <laughs> sorry, David. That's all right. Uh, I'm pretty sure he has not uh, been impeached, uh, although I'm going to check that right but, now. Because, but uh, you've got to admit, you've got a questionable attorney general. I am concerned that the attorney general is not giving all the documents. I, here's what I was talking about Fast and Furious, David. When did that start? Under Bush, uh, okay. right? They, Why yeah, don't you just say, look, I didn't do it. Here, here's all the stuff. Here's the stuff uh, we have. Good luck. Why don't they do that? I don't get they that. They controlled it. The difference was it was controlled under Bush and not controlled under Obama. Yeah, okay. They, there's a resolution to impeach. There's no impeachment. Okay. So I'm That's just correcting you. But no, it's a first step. But obviously they're not going to – I mean, again, it's one of those things. Why would they waste their time uh, on this if it's not going to go through the Senate? I mean – Again, That's right. focus on what you can do to improve the party now. And, and Joe Scarborough says this all the time. How about, you want to change stuff? Elections have consequences. How about uh, Lois Lerner? I don't know why she still has a job. She's a Republican why she still has a job. I had to fire her too. Didn't she get, didn't she get some she sort quit. of – she quit. I knew something happened, yeah. But still getting her salary well, she and quit. her retirement. Well, probably retirement. That's why she quit. Well, they didn't fire her. She probably lose her retirement. And you know, maybe this is maybe she was a really good employee up until this. I don't know. But uh, you know, I, I wish all these groups would get audited because I think they're all violating the Constitution. Uh, I wish there was limits on money that you could give to, to people to politicians. I think one of the worst decisions the Supreme Court ever ruled in recent memory was that they got rid of the McCain-Feingold bill. Um, it's just terrible. It's just terrible uh, to allow people to give. Because, David, you know what wins elections? Or Mo- you know money. what wins elections? Oh, money. Yeah. And money corrupts the system. Now, I know the money was corrupting the system before, but now it is overt. It's overt and it's wrong. And um, particularly in a society where you see the, the – Have you got a pen right there? We agree on something. We do agree on that. I mean we've agreed on it for a long time where the wealthiest get wealthier by influencing elections to get wealthier. That's just wrong. Teddy Roosevelt right now is rolling over in his grave about this. He's saying, I thought we fixed this 110 years ago. And Hamill is laughing. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, it's just in any event, David. I, I, I you know, we agree on far more than our listeners think we don't agree <laughs> on. Um, but and then, um, there's, then there's your buddy Kerry in Vietnam. Well, I'm not going to get it. He's never going to be president, so I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, and he did, in fact, actually. I don't know if you saw this. He expressed outrage. What was it about? Was it Ron? I think it was something about Egypt and McCain. I know you probably don't think a lot of McCain, but it can be pretty funny. He says, "I've never would have believed that John Kerry would have said he's never said that something. He's never said he's ever been outraged in his whole life. It's the most. It's the most honest thing John Kerry's ever said." <laughs> Yeah, I started to say, I, I, well, I don't know if you saw my Facebook thing today, but I, I'd said Carrie was Carrie was riding around in Vietnam in one of the carriages or whatever with whoever. And uh, th- I guess I posted it on somebody else's thing. But anyway, I said, uh, you know, Carrie, Carrie belongs with this administration. I would never play golf with him. I would never play poker with him. I wouldn't even play go fishing with Obama or Carrie. I'd play golf with him. I'd play beat golf. Him. I could but, uh, well, That's why I'd beat yeah, him. Yeah, maybe in your mind you would. But on the scorecard. You think he'd win. <laughs> <laughs> and mulligan, you- presidential mulligan. Uh, no, David, it's, it's, we, we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about next week and the week after as we wrap up the year in 2013. David, you should put together a best of show, don't you think? The, the best of the immigration hour. I, I just, work, I just can't play the immigration hour twenty four hours a day. You, otherwise, you would. If you could otherwise do that, uh, we change the station to the immigration America's immigration hour radio. Oh, why don't we just call it? Yeah, your station. Well, anyway, we, we want to thank those of our listeners. We hope you have a great week. Uh, one more week till Christmas, David. I actually have some of my Christmas shopping done already. You know I, what we're looking forward to at Christmas is skyping with. Our son. Uh, me too. My son is on his mission. We're really looking forward to doing that. We can we can do that on Christmas Day. We're very, very excited. And uh, we actually have four missionaries coming to our house to call their parents as well. Great. Well, that's the end of the show today on the, Amer- the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. If you ever have any comments or questions, email us at uh, ccookatimmigration.net or visit us at, at www.immigration.net. Until next week, the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.